1: And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is
2: making sure that it delivers for the American people.
1: We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. President Biden touted lower inflation numbers after the consumer price index, the CPI, showed a slight moderation at 7.1%. Markets loved it. The report led to a stock market rally as some investors are hopeful the Fed will slow down interest rate hikes at Wednesday's meeting. Make no mistake. Prices are still too high. We have a lot more work to do, but things are getting better headed in the right direction. But what is clear is my economic plan is working and we're just getting started. Meanwhile, Congress is hoping to avert a government shutdown set for Friday by passing a short term funding bill. While both Democrats and Republicans agree a short-term spending bill is needed to prevent a shutdown on Friday, December 16th, some obstacles remain as Congress enters a lame-duck session. Some members are looking to push across legislation before Republicans take control of the House in January. For a conversation on this and more, we bring in our panel Fox News Congressional Correspondent Chad Pergram, Republican strategist, former campaign manager for Senator Scott Brown, Colin Reed, and NPR National Political Correspondent Mar Liasen. Chad, where are we on uh, funding and the fiscal cliff yet to to come?
2: Well, it looks like they're going to do an interim spending bill uh, this week in the House and the Senate to tee up an omnibus, a broader bill that would fund the government through next September. Now, the uh, Senate Minority Leader, Mitch McConnell, just drew a line in the snow. Uh, He is for this omnibus, if they can get it worked out. But he said this should be wrapped up by December 22nd. If it is not, he said we're all going to leave on December 23rd. And then he would be game to have a short-term bill to get into the new year. Now, the difference here is Democrats want this omnibus bill because the funding is not flat. It raises funding for all departments. It's easier to fund the government for the rest of the fiscal year, September 30th of next year. But Republicans, some conservative Republicans say, wait a minute, didn't we just win control of the House of Representatives? We want to put our imprimatur on federal spending, so why not just pass an interim bill right away, keep the government open, and then come back and let the House of Representatives in Republican hands uh, pass something that reflects their priorities, conservative priorities next year. Here's the dirty little secret in Washington, though, Brett. Everybody knows that Kevin McCarthy or whoever winds up being the speaker come January will have a bear of a time passing any sort of bill, let alone an interim spending bill or any sort of government funding bill, if that is the hand, those are the cards that are played to them come January, right out of the blocks, because that Republican House is going to tilt to the right. It's not going to align with the 51 Democratic vote Senate and probably face a veto from President Biden. So this is a way to avoid a government shutdown, at least through next September. And frankly, Kevin McCarthy, or again, whoever may be speaker, even though they may say one thing publicly, uh, privately, they would concede that they would rather things get taken care of like this right now.
1: Yeah. The other thing, Mara, is a dirty little secret is that you have a number of Republicans and Democrats, frankly, who are retiring. And they've got a yep. lot of uh, stuff that's in this bill uh, yep. that, that um, they'd like to see across the finish line, whether it's an airport in Missouri or something else somewhere else.
0: That's right. There's so many dynamics at the end of one Congress about to begin another. And don't forget, you've got a bunch, a small bunch, but still four or five of them of moderate Republicans in the House that won in blue districts, much to the Democrats' surprise. And they're worried about keeping their seats next time.
1: Colin, the thing is, is that we go, we come up to this thing all the time. It seems like Washington, when it comes to funding, is just is just broken.
3: Yeah, Congress has a way of uh, getting right up to the edge and uh, procrastinates uh, like no other. And ultimately, no one's it's in no one's interest, political interest, for let alone the actual real life consequences for there to be a government shutdown. Republicans always end up on the wrong side of that politically. Uh, so I, I, my, my, my guess is I'll get something done and, uh, ultimately all of this has implications for looking ahead and, uh, f- in many respects, and maybe it's because I'm not, uh, working there anymore, but the, the, the lame duck session has seemed quieter than years past. Uh, I remember working in the Senate in 2010 in a similar setting when Republicans had just won back the house. The Senate was staying in Democratic hands and there was a flurry of activity toward the end uh, while Democrats had all three branches of government. Right now, it seems like it's a little bit sleepy and this deadline has kind of crept up on folks, maybe because there's so much uh, other noise in in the news cycle. But uh, ultimately, uh, these folks want to get something done and be able to go home and and not have a bunch of angry voters and people uh, over Christmas.
1: Yeah. So, Chad, bottom line, you think that they punt. at a continuing resolution, which a lot of the agencies are not that happy about.
2: No, but it's just for a week. I mean, you know, a continuing resolution by definition just re-ups the funding at existing levels, an omnibus bill, that's oh, where you get week. all the new funding. Yes. Yeah, so so that, that's, pretty, that's pretty minimal in the vast design of things. But to Colin's point, you know, why does Congress always wait uh, to do all this stuff at the end of the year? It is human nature, but I watched a football game last week, Brett, with Baker Mayfield, Less than two <laughs> minutes left, came back, scored with 10 seconds left. It was the, the biggest comeback, uh, the longest touchdown drive, 98 yards with that much time left on the clock and 45 years in the NFL, much like the NFL They play until the end of the game. So the game has not run out here on Capitol Hill. They will play right up to the 22nd or the 23rd. And mixing my football with football here, you know, what they've essentially (laughs) done is they've added stoppage time. You know, the deadline was this week. So they're going to play for another week, you know, extra eight minutes for Argentina or Croatia or whoever here, and then finish up right before Christmas.
1: But, Mar, one last thing on this funding deal. I mean, to Chad's earlier point, there's something about funding the government through a negotiated omnibus bill uh, and preventing a government shutdown fight that you know would come that frees up the new House majority to do other things. Um, But there will be people who say, why are you going to allow that funding at those levels that Democrats really want, especially domestic spending?
0: So there's something in Washington called Vote No, Hope Yes. Uh, There there are a lot of uh, Republicans who would like to get this off the table so they could focus on other things, but it might be too hard for them to agree to a funding package that Democrats want. So you've got two competing priorities and this is a chore that has to be done. This is a must pass piece of legislation. Wait till we get to the to raising the debt limit, you know, in early 2023. That's going to be just as hard, if not harder.
1: Right. And Mara, how much did the CPI number, the inflation going down? Obviously, the market liked it. The president was out touting it. Um, That's a success for the administration.
0: Yep, absolutely. They're very happy about that. Of course, what inflation give us, inflation can take it away. Uh, We don't know if that's going to continue. The trend line is going to continue. But this is what the administration wanted. They want people to drive up to the pump and see those ginormous numbers going down.
1: Yeah, and to that point, Colin, I mean Ron Klain basically all he tweets is the cat, the price of gas week to week.
3: Yeah, and and certainly it's good news that gas prices are down, but it's not as though everything is back to where it needs to be in terms of where the inflation's at. It's still four times higher than when President Biden took office, and I think this is the issue where Republicans are going to have to get serious about in the new Congress. Uh, They owe their new majority to their promises to tackle inflation. If you look at the exit polls, it was by far and away the number one issue for voters uh, who voted Republican, and I know the midterms were disappointing for many, Uh, But there's still an opportunity to govern. And that starts by getting serious on the issue most important to voters,
1: which is inflation. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this.
0: The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.
1: Um, There's a couple other things pending before the end of this Congress. One is Bernie Sanders is alluding to going with a War Powers Act um, to challenge, Chad, the um, administration on funding for Saudi and Yemen, uh, other war powers um, uh, positions the administration is taking. And you wonder how these late moves uh, affect things, if, uh, if not just to, to bring attention to them.
2: You know, sometimes that's an optics issue. It's something that Bernie Sanders has talked about a lot before, particularly with Yemen. Uh, You know, there was a lot of conversation and and some procedural and kind of fig leaf votes for years during the Obama and even the Trump years that dealt with uh, war powers, authorizations about the United States still being in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatnot. Uh, You know, that's the the question here that a lot of members uh, raise from time to time, saying we want to assert our war powers, the idea that Congress is In charge of declaring wars, and we have these kind of undeclared wars uh, around the world. As you know, you have these resolutions or authorizations, and sometimes not even that. You you know, you might remember that there have been military activities in in Africa, and there was a a situation some years ago where troops were killed. And some members said, "I didn't even know we had troops there." This was going back to the 2000. One uh, authorization uh, after uh, 9-11, you know, that kind of had this broader authorization to go anywhere, anytime in the name of, you know, combating the war on terrorism. And, And so this is an effort that liberals and sometimes very conservative members, constitutionalists sometimes say the power of war is in the Constitution. It should be up to us. And so they try to assert that from time to time. And that's what Bernie Sanders is doing here.
1: And last thing, Colin, as we look forward, 2023 leads us to 2024, and we're going to start to get, and we already have, former President Trump announcing his run. Uh, you're likely into the spring going to get other Republicans that jump in. Is that is there a sense that the Republican Party is shifting away from the former president, um, not necessarily landing on the Florida governor or anybody in particular, but shifting away? Do you sense that?
3: Well, there were some polls out this morning that would certainly indicate that, and with the obvious caveat that it's 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 very early. I do think that the former president is going to have another rise in momentum. He's, he's really not doing much right now in terms of campaigning. He's not doing events. He's, he's not taking advantage of any of the, the built-in platforms he has. He's not back on Twitter. So he's just got a very limited presence. And at some point, he'll have a resurgence. Uh, I don't think we've seen the last of him. But I also believe that there is a desire to examine the field. And whether that's the the, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, who's, whose name keeps popping up and his polling numbers do the same, or it's any of the other candidates who get in there, these campaigns matter, these candidates matter. If there's a lesson for Republicans coming out of 2022 that should be applied to 2024, it's you've got to have uh, the you've got the, the intangibles do matter. You've got to have a message. You've got to have something that people are buying. Uh, the American people don't like Joe Biden. Uh, I know his approval ratings have come up from where they are, but it's still way below 50. But it's incumbent on the Republicans to offer a better alternative. The Republican Party didn't do that across the board in twenty twenty two. And that's why they uh, we, we, we suffered the losses we did or it had the, 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 expect, the expectations were not met. Uh, but we've got a chance to redo it again in twenty twenty four, as you mentioned.
2: Yeah. Can I add something to that real quick here from something Mitch McConnell just said a few minutes ago? You know, he was talking about candidate quality. He said that repeatedly throughout the campaign uh, this summer and past fall. And just at the weekly Ohio clock lunch here on Capitol Hill, where the Republicans and the Democrats all come out and talk to the press corps, he name checked all of the bad candidates, not this cycle, but dating back to 2010 and 2012. That have jeopardized Republican uh, efforts to, to win control of the Senate. He mentioned Christine O'Donnell, Sharon Angle, Todd Aiken, Richard Murdoch. And he says, unfortunately, we revisited that situation in 2022. He said, maybe in 2024, we will have another opportunity to learn that lesson that candidate quality matters.
1: That's interesting. Mara, from a White House perspective, you know, there were some Democrats heading into the midterm saying, it's time for joe biden to announce he's not going to run again uh after the success of the midterms the biggest success for any uh president in a long time uh is sitting in the white house there is almost more of a push uh, to get him to
0: run again and it seems like that's what they're sitting (laughs) on. well that's really interesting because there's no doubt that the Kind of clamor among Democrats that Joe Biden should retire has been quieted since his surprising and pretty historic uh, success in the midterms. But there are still a lot of Democrats. If you see the polls, a majority of Democrats still say he should not run again. But the problem is there's no alternative. And after what just happened in the midterms, it's very unlikely somebody's going to come forward to challenge him. So the thing that worries Democrats is he's 80 years old, he's going to be 82. Uh, and that's a very nervous-making situation for a party to be in. Yeah.
1: Yet yeah, you have former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich saying, "We, ha- we as Republicans, he said, have to watch out because Biden is putting wins on the board." And despite there's his no doubt about that,
0: he's putting wins on the board. Yeah. yeah, putting wins on the board doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be able to beat any Republican. Um, And what we saw this cycle, which is what has all of us political analysts kind of scratching our heads and going to school again, is all of the things we thought we knew were wrong. In other words, a president's low approval rating did not mean that his party would do terrible in the midterms. Um, And people who didn't like Joe Biden, didn't like what he did, still turned around and voted for Democrats. So, you know, there's a lot of historical rules only work till they stop working. (laughs) <laughs> and we don't know which ones are going to work next time. But uh, there's no doubt that he's put wins on the board. If you just were a, were a historian saying, look at all the things he's passed, you'd give him a very good grade. That's really different than being, uh, you know, unbeatable in a reelection campaign.
1: Well, it'll be something to watch and it'll probably unfold in the next few months. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you. Same okay. to you. Um, now for a bit of history, December 13, 2003, U.S. military forces conducted an operation that successfully captured former Iraqi President Saddam Hussein. Hussein had disappeared shortly after the invasion of Iraq, They went into hiding, was later found to be in a remote farm compound. Operation Red Dawn, codenamed after the 1980s movie, was carried out successfully after the interrogation of numerous sources close to Hussein and resulted in zero American casualties. November 5th, 2006, Hussein was convicted of crimes against humanity by the Supreme Iraqi Criminal Tribunal and was sentenced to death by hanging. That will do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. For Colin and Chad and Mara, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time.
0: the business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.